0: Thanks for listening to The Leader. And you can help us grow our audience just by hitting a button. Press subscribe and it'll tell your podcast provider that this is a show that people like to hear. So they'll tell others about it. A review helps too. And you can always tell us what you think by getting in touch on social media with the hashtag #TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the evening standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Will coronavirus wreck your holiday?
1: The impact has been greater than any terrorism scare in previous years, so that just gives you an idea of the, of the scale of it.
0: As BA cancels all flights into and out of Italy, the Evening Standard's Jonathan Prynne looks at how the infection is hurting tourism. Also,
2: the Tories and the independent candidate Rory Stewart, the former cabinet minister, neither have really shown any momentum.
0: Our political editor Joe Murphy on a poll showing Sadiq Khan has a huge lead in the London mayor election. Is there time for others to catch
3: up? And Don't get to see many of those major works. Up close there is this room which in my review I refer to as a kind of now that's what I call Warhol display, a kind of greatest hits display.
0: Critic Ben Luke's seen the new blockbuster Andy Warhol exhibition at Tate Modern and he's given it three stars. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, has coronavirus cancelled your holiday?
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
4: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: You can hear the birds again in central Rome. With the city under lockdown, any traffic's limited and distant. It sounds lovely, but you'll struggle to go. As well as coronavirus restrictions inside Italy, BAs cancelled all flights into and out of the country. Passengers planning to travel between now and April 4th are being offered different destinations or a refund. It's not the only airline being affected or the only destination in trouble. Our consumer business editor Jonathan Prins with me. Jonathan, we're hitting that point during the coronavirus spread when people are genuinely starting to worry about their holidays that they've booked and that 's not a trivial thing, is it
1: no they 're not a trivial thing at all and uh, I mean for most people they 're the thing that sort of gets them through the year they 're the one thing that most people are very loath to give up because uh, holidays provide that uh, that fantastic respite in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a stressful world. but ironically, the travel industry looks like it it really is on the front line of this particular crisis. BA, as you say, cancelling all flights in and out of Italy. Today, Ryanair and EasyJet are still flying in and out of Italy, albeit on reduced schedules. But one can only think there's going to be much more of this as the number of cases increases in other popular holiday destinations. What's happened in Italy is likely to happen in in other countries.
0: Yeah, we're looking at places like Spain, which over the weekend saw a doubling of the number of people With coronavirus there, and that's another really popular holiday destination for British people, isn't it? It's
1: Britain's favourite holiday destination, and many millions of people will be already booked into holidays in in on the costas, um, as well as Greece and and other countries in in southern Europe. So, as this epidemic, if that's what we're calling it now, unfolds, there is a potential for absolutely massive dislocation to the travel and and holiday sector with many smaller businesses in particular um, facing potential bankruptcy
0: we've already seen flybee collapse of course and uh, the australian airliner Qantas. it says it's going to be reducing capacity i believe
1: yes they are reducing capacity by a quarter effectively on on their global route network as a as a precaution which is probably a very sensible move that's probably the sort of scale of downturn in um, passenger numbers that we'll, we're going to see around the world already with the forward bookings into Europe generally from China are down something like um, 90%. The impact has been greater than any terrorism scare in previous years so that just gives you an idea of the of the scale of it in new york and broadway today one of the producers announced
0: he was cutting ticket sales from 200 dollars to 50 there's not been a fall in ticket sales there yet but he wants to stop that from happening i'm wondering if in london they're going to be looking at things like that and going how do we keep people coming out to things like shows to cinemas and that kind of thing um before coronavirus hits, and
1: even during it I'm sure we will be seeing that mean, the the restaurant trade, I understand is down about 50% in the West End. It's it's a matter of time before all sorts of cut price specials are are being offered at Londoners to try and get them to come out and spend a bit of money. But I I guess the problem is going to be if people genuinely are scared. um, It doesn't matter how cheap the meal is, they're not going to come if they think the downside is they're exposing themselves to the risk of, of catching Coronavirus. So but i'm sure we will see that i'm sure there'll be some amazing offers in the top shows the hamiltons and so on in the west end in in due course if if this carries on the way scientists are predicting, because it's going to be a question of, of survival for, for theatres and restaurants and, and other West End businesses. And London without tourists would be a very different city, wouldn't it? Well, it would. I mean, London, I mean, since the Olympics, uh, tourism has grown very rapidly in London, uh, until last year, when there seems to have been a bit of a Brexit effect or a delayed terrorism effect, and numbers were down. But they appear to be recovering again, just until the point that this... Uh, coronavirus uh, scare really took off. So I'm sure, um, I mean, Chinese are among the highest spending visitors to London, and they're obviously very thin on the ground at the moment. The Americans, I understand, are now not coming to town as well. So, uh, you know, the implications for the West End and the broader London economy are are pretty horrendous. (music)
0: Next.
2: The only person who really looks sitting pretty is Sadiq Khan. One more point he wins outright, and if it goes to a second round with second preferences, he wins 67-33 on these numbers.
0: Joe Murphy on the London mere election. Has Sadiq Khan got it wrapped up already? The first London Mayor poll of 2020 shows Sadiq Khan strengthening his lead with an almost two-to-one margin over the Conservative Sean Bailey. Independent Rory Stewart remains some way behind with just 13%. Our editorial column says the challengers aren't doing enough to inspire the electorate. Right now, the London Mayor election that is set to happen on May 7th isn't the first thing on people's minds, but it still matters. In a new poll, the current mayor, Labour's Sadiq Khan, is well ahead. He is on 49%, up four points since November. The Tory candidate Sean Bailey is way behind, and Independent Rory Stewart even further back. The Lib Dems and Greens are nowhere. They should all be doing better. While Mr Khan has done well to reflect the values of the city, his record on things such as housing and knife crime is poor. This ought to be fertile ground for a serious contest. There are still two months to go. It's time for the challengers to up their game. Our political editor Joe Murphy's in our Westminster office. Joe, this looks great for Zadiq Khan, but I'd expect pretty disappointing for the Conservative campaign.
2: I think there are two stories here. One is that Khan is up four points. He's now on 49%. One more point and he gets over 50%. And that means he would win outright in round two. The second story is that the Tories... And the independent candidate Rory Stewart, the former cabinet minister, neither have really shown any momentum. Sean Bailey, the conservative candidate is a a point, but that's kind of within the margin of error it's 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 not the big momentum that he ought to be seeing after after this long um, and the other problem for him this this could be an Achilles heel showing up he's only recognized by about a third of Londoners when you ask a series of questions as Queen Mary University of London did for this poll, about what people thought of him, roughly two-thirds of people couldn't answer. They replied, don't know, which means that Sean Bailey, after 18 months as the official Conservative candidate, has a very low profile with Londoners. And Rory Stewart's an interesting candidate, because if he did get into a final runoff with Sadiq Khan, he would lose, but more narrowly, than Sean Bailey, because he has more cross-party appeal, and that's something that's come out of this poll. At the moment, he doesn't look as though he's going to get over the line. He's only on 13%.
0: And the Liberal Democrats haven't fared very well at all, have they?
2: I'm afraid poor Siobhan to the Lib Dem candidate, is the person who has given those four points to Sadiq Khan or had them squeezed out of her campaign by his. And this is... Uh, a. a bit disappointing for her, I'm sure, because she stood as an an independent candidate back in 2012, and she got 4%, which was a remarkably good result for an independent. Now she's the official Liberal Democrat candidate, and she's got
0: 4%. Is Sadiq Khan going to walk this race, or are there opportunities for the other campaigns to try and get some momentum before the vote, which is kind of looming pretty quickly?
2: There are two months pretty well of campaigning to go, so you could see these numbers change. They might change drastically, but at the moment, the only person who really looks sitting pretty is Sadiq Khan. One more point he wins outright, and if it goes to a second round with second preferences, he wins 67-33 on these numbers. He looks as though he's in line for a second term.
0: And we have lots of mayoral election coverage and analysis from Joe and the rest of our politics team in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk forward slash politics. Now. Marilyn Monroe's there and so are the soup cans. It's all part of a huge exhibition of Andy Warhol's works at Tate Modern. Some of it's familiar, some never seen in the UK before, some unseen for decades. Our critic Ben Luke has had a look and given the blockbuster three stars. Ben,
3: why three? I feel like the Tate set out with a really powerful ambition to pre- present a new kind of Warhol. You don't get to see many of those major works. Up close there is this room which I, in my review I refer to as a kind of now that's what I call Warhol display, a kind of greatest hits display. You get a Marilyn, you get, you get Jackie, you get the Coke bottles, the soup cans, you get the Brillo boxes. But really the whole pop period is summed up in one single room.
0: The Tate's been selling this as containing material that people may never have seen before, some things that have been rarely exhibited or never exhibited before. Is there anything special among that, or is there a reason why we haven't seen these objects?
3: Um, There is a really, I think, wonderful series called Ladies and Gentlemen, which is a 1975 series which focuses on a group of... Uh, black and latinx drag queens and trans women which i've never seen any examples of before actually and there's also this extraordinary room which is a recreation of the exploding plastic inevitable which is the these velvet underground gigs where you'd have all these really trippy trip the light fantastic experiences lots of projections those are mad films of the velvet underground themselves and other sort of very deeply countercultural goings-on there are also other bodies of work which I th- I feel the tape really could have focused on. For instance, there's one of the torso series, which is this very homoerotic series that he did, and there's only one of those in the show. And I feel like you know if they really wanted to emphasise Warhol's queer identity, they really could have gone into that in much greater depth. I think they're restricted partly by space, but also maybe restricted partly by the fact that they had to do a Warhol blockbuster. <music> you get to see him though
0: there are photographs of him taken at the factory his his famous studio do those work when you see them up close can you get an insight into who warhol was
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the key aims of the show and it's partly successful. So there are Stephen Shaw's photographs which he took in the factory of, of, you know, Warhol with Edie Sedgwick and the Warhol superstars, you know, Viva and other people that were sort of key denizens of that counterculture based around Warhol in his factory in New York. And also the screen tests, those amazing films that Warhol shoots of various people of different levels of celebrity. So there's Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper's screen test is magnificent. So it's just basically a fixed camera and there's Hopper staring at you. And most of the time, actually, he's sort of looking down and occasionally he looks up, a little smirk. And it, it, it's, you know, it's Warhol bringing that that sort of blank, if you like, aesthetic of the paintings into film. And you get these rather extraordinarily intense focuses on individuals. So you have Dennis Hopper, Marcel Duchamp, Edie Sedgwick, some of these key figures that were, were operating around Warhol as this kind of magnet of New York culture. Does it
0: make any difference to go and see them in person?
3: One of the things about Warhol's... Works is that they are beautiful physical objects, you know. See them up close, to see them often the size of a wall, you know, massive things, beautifully made, you know, they are stunning objects. The delicate effects of the process of production so this sort of using photos and screen printing this particular technique he developed and you see the kind of inconsistencies and the nuances of those techniques in a way that you never do in reproduction
0: and that's the leader subscribe to make sure you don't miss our news commentary and analysis every day at 4pm we'll see you tomorrow